Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network is the audio destination for business professionals who seek the best education and inspiration on how to grow a business. HubSpot Podcast Network hosts act as on-demand mentors to entrepreneurs, startups, and scale-ups through practical tips and inspirational stories. Listen, learn, and grow with the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com slash podcast network. Today, my guest is Amberly Lago. Amberly is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, podcast host, and health coach. Her speaking career started after her life was dramatically altered in a life-defining accident when her legs were almost crushed beyond repair. Through her recovery process, she found a new voice. Being a former professional dancer, athlete, fitness trainer, she was not only determined to save her leg, but her career, her dreams, and her dignity. Uh, She has over 23 years of experience in fitness and wellness, yet this absolutely floored her. So we're going to speak about her, basically her event that changed her life, her recovery process, some of the things that she went through. She's going to tell everyone on this show her story, and then she's going to speak about some of the things that she learned from going through that. So the tenacity, the perseverance, the grit that she had to embody to get through this. She's going to speak about some of these lessons that she's learned and how uh, they can apply to you. She has been featured on NBC's Today Show, The Doctors, Hallmark, Good Morning, La La Land. She's contributed to a ton of magazines, including Shape Health, Disability Magazine, Fit Pregnancy, uh, and she has keynoted globally. She also has a best-selling book, True Grit and Grace, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. And of course, she has her own podcast where she interviews incredible people to bring out these personality traits and habits that will sort of bring anybody to the next level, regardless of what they're trying to accomplish. So let's get right into it. This is Amberly Lago. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to share um, some, hopefully, some tips and tools that people can apply into their life on how to build resilience and grit, and especially entrepreneurs, because that's not always an easy thing to do. Um, yeah, you know, I we were talking before we started recording, and I was saying how I'm out here in LA, but obviously, you can maybe tell a little bit by my accent. I'm originally from Texas. But I always knew, like I started dancing when I was three, and I knew from a really young age, probably for as long as I can remember, that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up, was to to be a dancer. And the place to do that was in Los Angeles. So um, I learned a lot of grit growing up because I come from a family where we didn't have much money. Um, My parents divorced when I was young. There was a lot of things that happened that um, um, it was used to be really hard for me to talk about, but now through lots of therapy and, and lots of work around trauma, I've healed a lot of those parts uh, where I was sexually abused by my stepfather. And it really taught me that if I wanted to do something in life, if I really wanted more out of life, I had to be willing Um, I had to decide and commit. And I think a lot of those things have carried me through um, a lot of challenges in life. So I I moved to LA when I was 18. I was a a lifeguard and a dance teacher and uh, gosh, babysat for a lot of different families and scrubbed toilets, whatever I could do. And I saved up $1,200, packed up my little Suzuki Samurai 
And I think, uh, you know, I'm so thankful I was naive because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I remember sleeping in this hotel and the next morning, well, it was a motel in a really bad area to be, be, to be completely transparent. And I remember waking up the next day going, what's different about my car? And the very first night I was in LA, the top to my car was stolen. And I was like, okay. So the first year I lived here, um, I didn't have a top. I drove around with a convertible and, uh, and I, learned a lot. I learned very quickly that I was not a great dancer. I may have been a pretty good dancer for this small town, but going to LA where there was so many incredible dancers, I learned that if I wanted to succeed and have a career in dance, that I was going to have to really work hard. And I think, you know, Angela Duckworth says that success is not necessarily about talent or title or money. It's really about grit and so thank goodness we can all work on ways to build grit and those lessons that i learned as an athlete growing up as a dancer really prepared me for the most um difficult moment in my life so i had a successful career in dance um i had a successful career in the fitness industry i was doing infomercials i was sponsored by nike i was nationally recognized as a fitness coach and I thought, wow, life is good. I'm living the California dream. And everything changed in a blink of an eye when I was coming home from work on my motorcycle and I was hit by an SUV. And I'm sliding down Ventura Boulevard, down the asphalt. And I remember thinking, please, you know, I couldn't tell what I was sliding into. And I thought, please just don't let another car hit me. And when I finally stopped, I looked down at my leg and I only looked down at it once because it was completely just broken into pieces and there was blood everywhere. And I remember thinking one of my first thoughts was, oh my gosh, I might have to train clients on crutches for a while. I had no idea how serious <laughs> wow. it was. I had no idea yeah. that my femoral artery was severed, that I was literally bleeding out on the street. Thank goodness I had a guy that came over right away. He made a tourniquet on my leg. He saved my life, really. And paramedics got there. I was rushed to the hospital. And the hospital room was chaotic. Some of these moments that, you know, I've had people say, do you remember the accident? I was like, I remember every single detail from the moment that I was hit, from the moment that the nurse leaned over me and she said, we're going to give you something to make you feel all better now. And that was the last thing I remember before they put me in induced coma. When I woke up out of a coma, the first thing I learned was the doctor said, well, we're, we're going to have to amputate. You have a 1% chance of saving your leg. It's like a war wound. There's nothing we can do for you. And I said, well, wait a minute. You just said I have a 1% chance. So there's still a chance. I need to find a doctor who's willing to take that chance with me because I want to save my leg. And it took a lot of grit it, by the grace of God and some amazing doctors, 34 surgeries, um, months in the hospital the first time, and then years of in and out of the hospital. And I had my last surgery about two years ago. But this journey has been an experience that has taught me a lot about things that I needed to heal, things that I needed to unlearn. And it's really taught me about the power of the human spirit I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome when I was released from the hospital and the pain just wasn't getting better. And 
that took me down the darkest road. I think that, you know, going, yes, going through a horrific accident like that was hard, but living with constant chronic pain every day has been my biggest teacher. And um, so I'd love to share some of the tools that I've learned about that because I think we all have pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, especially during this last year and a half of COVID. We were talking about that before we started recording, just how it's changed so much of how we connect and how we work and how, you know, our relationships. And so um, that's a little bit about my journey. And I'm amazed that it's led me. I want to pinch myself when I think that I have the opportunity to be here with you and share with your audience because it's truly a miracle and I believe in, in miracles. And so um, it's so important what we focus on and that 1% chance has been the glimmer of hope that a lot of times I remind myself of to keep me moving forward. That's an amazing, it's obviously an amazing story. Um, and I think that uh, you have a lot of insight that you can teach and, and help people. Uh, you can help people because over the past year and a half, two years, um, there's been various degrees of traumatic events in people's lives, not to the same extent as yours, of course, but still the, the status quo has, has been, has been displaced. It's been, everything's been shaken up a little bit and everything that we thought, you know, again, not to diminish the story, but that you went through, but everything that we thought was safe and secure and normal is no longer from people dying, uh, f- like friends, families, loved ones to the job that you've had for 20 years being ripped out from under you and you being furloughed, right? So these are all things that have happened over the past year and a half. But let's, so th- these, are, these are the people that hopefully will take a little bit of, my goodness, if she can go through this with a 1% and still come out in this way, then how can I apply these things to, to my life? But let's, let's keep going on your story before we start to teach out some, some, uh, some lessons for people. Um, well, and I'm glad you brought up yeah. about the jobs and stuff because yeah. that is, that's really scary. I mean, I was out of work for a year and a half and I had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house. I was the main breadwinner for the family and I had always had a savings in case of emergency. And we went through that savings so quick. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I remember laying in the hospital bed in, in the home, in my house because I couldn't make it up the, up and down the stairs. And I had a friend that I worked with that she came over and she goes, and thank goodness I had a fitness business where I had clients, but I also had trainers that worked with me. And so I had a fitness business where I taught trainers how to become trainers and they worked for me. So they were able to keep my business going a little bit. But me, as far as being on the floor with people and sessions, I was out of work. And remember this friend came over, she goes, well, what are you going to do now? Can't be a trainer. And I just burst Mm -hmm. into tears. And I think a lot of questions like that, well, what do I do now? And I'm here to say, you can do anything that you set your heart and your mind out to do and accomplish. And you're never too old. You're never too young. You're never too dumb. You're ne- I mean, if, if you have a strong enough why, you can get through almost any how. And is that what, and you, you, you just didn't wake up one day and, and, and just come to this realization. This is probably over months years that you figured out that you need to have this why so walk me through even the psychological state of you realizing that you are never going to 
really work in the same capacity or doing the exact same thing as you did before. How did you overcome that? What were some of the steps that you took to just not just go down this really dark path that I think a lot of people would probably go down? Well, I did go down that dark path. <laughs> I gotta be real with you. I no, was, fair, I'm fair, yeah. stubborn. I'm so stubborn. And I'm like, to hell with that. I can't be a trainer. Watch me. Like I'm, I, I, some of my most motivating moments have been when people have told me I can't do something. Like I was so excited to be released from the hospital. And one of the last things the doctor told me, not my orthopedic doctor, he was a pulmonary doctor. He said, I said, I can't wait to get home and run again and train clients. Like those were my lists. Like I had a list of things to do that brought me joy. And he said, well, I don't know if you'll ever run again and you'll never wear shorts again with all the scars that you have. Cause my leg is completely scarred up. It's deformed. Um, you know, my ankles fused. I've got a metal rod. But you also own it though. I want to talk about that in a bit, but you own it now. I see it. Thank you. And... It took me a while to own that cause I had a lot of shame and but I was determined to get back to working with people. I love working with people. I've been, I started teaching dance when I was 13 and I transitioned that into fitness and teaching, you know, clients and classes and that and sort. And so I thought at this point, I needed my clients more than they needed me. And I think that when you're going through something really hard, that it's so important to have a purpose, a reason to get out of bed. And it doesn't have to be a client or a job. It can be something as simple as you have a dog that needs to go for a walk. You have a, a child that, you know, needs you to be their mom, whatever it may be. Um, maybe it's you have a garden and you need to water your garden, but there's some sort of purpose that helps you, that sparks, that sparks a little fire under you that gets you out of bed because I was really in a place where um, here I had survived this horrific accident only to when I couldn't get out of pain. And I'm telling you, Scott, I was trying everything to get out of pain. Um, I had a spinal stimulator where they put metal leads in your back. The nerve disease I have um, is ranked highest on the pain scale and it's dubbed the suicide disease because there's no known cure and you're just in pain all the time. And so I was trying everything and anything. And I was always thought, well, if you work hard enough at something and you just keep pushing through the pain, then everything's okay. Well, I learned the hard way that you can't just keep pushing through and not acknowledging the pain. And that goes for whether it's physical pain or any kind of pain, any kind of feelings, we have to let those feelings rise up to the surface or else they come out in everything we do in life. They come out in our relationships, in our career, in the way we love, in the way that we lead. And so I had never dealt with a lot of emotions and that took me down. I mean, I went from being this athlete and healthy to when nothing was working for the pain and I was on 73 homeopathic pills and 11 different prescriptions a day. Jeez. And none Jesus. of it was working. And so I remember having a glass of wine and going, oh, well, this kind of helps. It helps me stuff down the pain, the feelings of being inadequate, the shame. Um, yeah, that's a dangerous path. Yeah. And it worked until it didn't. And, my, and yeah, luckily, yeah. it took me down and it took me down fast. And I had a moment where I think we all have this light inside of us and it never goes out. But mine was barely a flicker. And it was just enough 
to give me the courage to ask for help. So I would say anybody that's struggling in any area of their life, sometimes you feel like you're alone, like you're the only one that no one would understand. Maybe you get caught up in your ego like I did and you're like, oh, I don't want to admit that I'm in pain or I can't do something. But when you want something, and I think there's a gift in desperation, and I was desperate to get my life back. I wanted more out of life. I wanted to be the mom that my kids deserved. I wanted to be the wife that my husband married. And so I prayed to God, asked God for help. And um, so whether you believe in a higher power or Buddha, God, nature, whatever, anything bigger than yourself, know that you're never alone. There's always something bigger than you that can help guide you and support you. But it really transformed my life when I took a good, hard look at what was going on. And I think that's what we have to do is stop, you know, take the blinders off, really accept what's going on in our life, take accountability for it, then have the willingness and the courage to ask for help, which was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Now it's easy for me. Now I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to do it alone. I don't think we're meant to do things alone. I think that we're, as humans, we're, we're meant to connect and support and love each other. And so if you're struggling with anything in your life, I think the first thing to do would be to, to take a look at that and ask for help. Ask for help from somebody who you trust or maybe somebody that you know has already been through something and they've gotten through the other side of it. Um, because that was transformative for me when I actually am humbling to ask for help. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. HubSpot is the CRM platform that is easy to implement and is even easier to get your team to adopt. And ask anybody that's implemented new technology in a company, the biggest issue is not finding it or buying it. It's getting your team and your company to actually use it and adopt it. And when it's a piece like a CRM, one of the most critical pieces of your business infrastructure and your tech stack, if people don't adopt it and use it, that means you're getting incomplete data, you're getting missing data, you're getting garbage data, it could impact quite literally everybody in your company, as well as it could negatively impact your customers and your revenue. So how does HubSpot solve for this with their CRM platform? There's two components that they focus on that allow for organizational-wide adoption. This is the contact timeline, as well as the mobile app. So the contact timeline gives a historical context for all of the data that is associated with a certain contact in the CRM. That means that anybody across the organization can see all the actions and all the interactions that have taken place against that particular contact. You can also use that timeline to make calls to these contacts, enroll them in sequences, put them into marketing or sales campaigns, schedule a meeting, open tickets. The historical timeline makes it easy to take action as well as to track the action that's been taken against all of your contacts. And it's not a pain to enter the information, which means that it doesn't take somebody a long time to put in great data, which can again, positively impact your whole company. The second piece is the access from anywhere, meaning if I have a phone and I'm on the road, the world's opening up a little bit more now, people are traveling again, I can use the HubSpot app 
to access my CRM anywhere on the go, on the fly, doesn't matter. So I have complete access to the CRM. I have access to my spreadsheets, my calendars, my notebooks, all of my contacts. I can send messages across my team with the HubSpot keyboard. I can access my contacts, call them through the HubSpot app. I can take quick notes. I can take contact information. I can all log it into my HubSpot app so that I can pull it up later on my desktop when I'm back at home. It's simple. It's intuitive. It's meant to make it easy, frictionless, so that your team sees the value in properly using the CRM to the fullest of its capabilities and gives them the tools and the tech to allow them to do it without spending too much time and causing them more headache. The best thing about HubSpot is that it can be set up for any size of business and it will scale with you. If you're just starting out, you can take advantage of certain features and then as you scale your business, you'll notice that HubSpot will support almost anything you need as you grow. So if you do want to learn how to scale your business without scaling complexity, go to HubSpot.com. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Manly Bands. Listen guys, for your better halves entire life, they've been thinking of the perfect ring, the cut, the clarity, the shape of the diamond, whatever it may be. A lot of thought goes into her ring, less thought goes into our ring. And I partnered up with Manly Bands because I've actually never found a company that is entirely focused on creating bands for men. So Manly Bands saves you from the hellish experience that is buying a great ring for a man. Literally every type of metal you can possibly think of, every type of style in every single size, obviously they have that available one-stop shop for all men's rings. So obviously first you're going to Manly Bands and you're getting a ring sizer to make sure that your ring fits, not too tight, not too large, it's going to slip off. Then after you know your size, that's where the fun starts. You pick from gold, wood, antler, steel. They even have dinosaur bone and meteorite as options for materials to build your ring from. And if you don't want to start from scratch, you can go to one of their collections. They're all rated so you can see what's popular, what looks good. They have a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel collection. And if you already have a wedding band, this is just a beautiful ring that you can wear. It's stylish. You can use it for other occasions. Perhaps you don't have to wear it as a wedding band either. You can just use it as another ring. The point is high quality, great, wide selection of material. It looks good. It feels good. And like I said, I've never seen a bespoke store for men's rings like this. So once you've selected your ring, if you're going through the Success Story podcast, if you're listening to this right now, you're going to get 21% off. I'll give you a code in a second. But there's free worldwide shipping and a 30-day exchange policy and free warranty included in your ring. So if you want to get 21% off your next ring or band purchase, and also you'll get a free silicone ring that you can use when you're working out, when you're in the gym, whatever, you go to manlybands.com slash success story. That's manlybands.com slash success story. You get 21% off, you get a free silicone ring, worldwide shipping, 30-day exchange, the best damn ring you'll ever buy, period. All right, let's get back to the show. And what was your what was your ask for help? Who who was the person that that helped you through this the most and what did they do? Well, I will say the first person I reached out to um well, I've asked for help in in business <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've asked for help in my personal life when I was trying to get sober I asked help from a client which was very humbling because here I was her fitness trainer and I knew that she had um uh overcome or a recovering alcoholic. So I thought, well, she will know Mm -hmm. what to do. And, um, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you. 
going to take you to a meeting, a recovery meeting. And um, I didn't hear back from her for a week. And the only reason I share that is because sometimes we ask for help and the people that we ask, maybe they just aren't able to help us at that moment. So it's really up to us to be willing to help ourselves and not depend on someone to help us. It's great to have help. So after that, I was like, no, I'm going to die if I don't. I mean, I wanted to die, but I was just too scared to die. Um, if that even makes, I don't know if that makes sense, but I knew that I, I this was a, a live or die situation. Like either I was going to get help or I was not yeah. going to live. And so um, I Googled recovery groups and I found the first available recovery group that I could go to that my husband wouldn't have to know about and my daughters would be in school because um, I hid a lot of my drinking from from everybody. I didn't want anybody to know. And so that really helped me. But in business, I've always asked for help. I remember, you know, honestly, four years ago, I didn't even own a computer. So technology, writing a book, starting my own podcast, building a business online, having a mastermind online, that's mm -hmm. truly a miracle. That That's why, you know, I had such a strong why that I had to go, you know, I remember asking my help. I got asked to speak at this inspired um, series by Lorna Jane and they wanted me to send them a headshot and I didn't even know how to attach a picture. I borrowed my husband's computer and I was like, honey, I don't know how to attach a picture to an email. Can you help me? And he was like, Oh, what do you need again? And I was like, I just burst into tears and I was like, I will figure it out. I'm going to the Apple store. And I went and I bought myself a computer. I signed up to take a class. And in that class, I raised my hand over and over and over and the guy stopped the class and he's like, I have to tell you something. I've never taught a class where someone has been like you and not embarrassed to ask so many questions, some of which are very basic. And I'm like, I know I don't know how to do this and I really need to learn how to do it because I have a message that I want to share. I have an impact that I want to make. And so I'm still learning, you know, I learn every day and sometimes it's hard. And I think through COVID, a lot of us have been forced to either learn and grow or stay stuck. And I'm here to say, if you want more out of life, there is a way. If I can write a book that became a bestseller, and the only reason I'm sharing that is because I had so many people like, oh, you write a book, you're the fitness girl. You can never write a book. You don't even own a computer. And I think it's really important when you want to do something, stop asking people who have never done it before that everybody's got their opinion and that's fine, but go to someone who can give you good counsel. Um, that's why I think it's really important to have a mentor, a coach, be involved in a mastermind, because when you go to someone who's already done it before, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, right. What? You can't do that. They're going to say, they're going to get excited for you. They're going to say, you know what? That's awesome. This is what you need to do. This, this, and this, and that from experience, you know? And so I think it's really important. And so, yeah, I've asked for help from in my personal life, uh, for my marriage, you know, it was a lot. I didn't, this isn't just my story. This is our story. He went to the hospital with me every single time through 34 surgeries. Now, by the end, by like 
surgery 30 he would like drop me off and say i'll pick you up later he's like slow down the car and drop me <laughs> off but you know he's been alongside me and so i think it's important to ask for help in in every way in every aspect of your life and especially as an entrepreneur how did you pivot your entire career from you were you were teaching and, and and maybe it's the 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 fitness personality of wanting to help people be better but how did you think to pivot your career when you're at the lowest point in your life and turn yourself into somebody that's helping other people when you're still struggling internally mentally physically why would that be the place that you would go because it seems to me like that's so far from if i was to, i'd be like i just need to find a way to make money i don't want to put myself out into the world like i'm just thinking through the de facto how I would react, which is probably not, not the best way. So you put yourself out and now you're doing all these things. Well, you know, that's such a great question. And I think that um, I feel very blessed that I knew that movement moves your mood and it releases endorphins and it makes you feel good at movement. Uh, those endorphins combat pain. And so mm -hmm. even when I was in the hospital, the doctors thought I was crazy and I am you know, that's my the loving term of endearment that my husband calls me is crazy. And I kind of like it. But oh, in the yeah, hospital, yeah, <laughs> I told the doctors, I said, um, I need to get a pull up bar installed over the bed and I need some dumbbells. And they're like, OK, I knew that if I could keep moving however I could, not that I was in there trying to get muscles. I was just doing that because it made me feel productive. It made me feel good, like I was moving forward. And I thought, how can I still be of service to people while I'm in the hospital bed? And so I was setting up exercise programs for people to do on their own. I was even giving the nurses in the hospital exercise advice. Once they knew I was a trainer, they would come in my room and they're like, hey, girl, what can I do to get my booty up? Like, I, like they it was and it made me feel good. And I think one of the things that has really been a blessing to my life in my life is being of service because it's easy to get in that victim mentality and feel like a victim but you have the ability and the choice to be the victor of your life and when you're of service it makes you feel it gets you out it puts you in the driver's seat of your life and it and allows you to to do things to take action to feel better when you're being of service to someone and so I knew that I wanted to get back to work as a as a trainer because that really is is my joy. And so for anybody that's listening and it's like, well, I'm struggling and I don't know how to reinvent myself and I don't know what to do. I would really suggest that really write down a list of a hundred things that bring joy to you. Like just write a list, make a list of all the things that bring you joy. And then you can make little buckets in that list and think, okay, this is the bucket that is my adventure bucket. This is the bucket that's my family bucket. This is the bucket that is like what I like to do for work or whatever those buckets may be. And for me, I tried to get back to training clients one-on-one um, -on, -one on the gym floor. And one day I was at the gym and my husband was like, get off your leg now you're bleeding out. And I'd had a surgery and my stitches had come open and I was bleeding across the gym floor. And like I said, I'm stubborn. It took that for me to go, okay, I'm not really being the best to myself and I'm not really being the best to my clients, but how can I still serve people 
and have that that purpose and make an impact. And I thought, well, I can do that and not be on my feet. I can be a life coach. And so that's when I went and got certified to be a life coach. And I feel like fitness coaching and life coaching go hand in hand because you're you're working. It's just a little bit different skill set. And and one thing led to another and I really wasn't thinking about the money part of it to be honest with you. Yes, I needed to make money and and thankfully that has come along, but I really focused on what brought me joy and what what drives what drives me and um I think that it's important to do what you love because times are going to be hard. Look, I, I spoke for free when I got into speaking. I spoke for free to any place that would have me in coffee shops, at mm-hmm. the Betty Ford Clinic, at, at, you know, networking events, at online virtual summit, anywhere that they would have me. And I spoke for free. And now I do it and I would do it for free. And that's how I know I really love it, thankfully. I do. I can pay the bills now with my speaking, but one thing leads to another. And it really just takes that being persistent, being consistent, like keep showing up and keep focusing on your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because it's really easy to get in your ego of what will people think? And maybe they won't like my message or maybe I'll look like a fool or maybe I'm going to look stupid. I I, yes, of course, there's that part of me that's like, I don't want to look stupid, but honestly, I'm to the point where it's not about me. It, you know, yeah, there, there's that part of me, the ego comes in. I'm like, oh, I said too much, or I don't sound right. Or, you know, I've got brain fog because of the pain that day. And I, I'm a little slow in my speaking, but I think, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the people that I serve. And if I can impact one person with my message of determination and grit and and your ability to tap into your own resilience because we all have that ability to tap into our resilience and thrive. I would tell you, I would say, I'd say one more thing too. Even when you think you're at your worst and you do have that brain fog, the ability for you to self-sabotage and get in your own head is remarkable. And the perception that other people have of you is probably still incredible. Even even when you're at your worst and you put yourself out into the world, the fact that you're putting yourself out into the world is just astounding to most people who can't even imagine themselves ever doing that. So even you operating at 75% and delivering immense value is still better than you doing nothing. And I think that, I think that that's really the takeaway that I want people to, to understand as well. Thanks. And you know... I- you mentioning that, I mean, I appreciate your kind words so much because gosh, I can be so hard on myself. I think I have like the meanest inner critic and we and have the does. ability to, to be our own cheerleader, our own best friend. And so I try to nip those limiting beliefs right away. And I always try to remember that just stay in my heart and stop, you know, get out of my head and, and just go be of service to somebody. And I think it's important to share also to when you do decide to share your message with the world or your, your, your mess that you've turned into a blessing and your message. Um, I think it's important to share from a scar and not an open wound. It took me a long time. I mean, for years I was just healing. I wasn't on social media. I just got on social media. I think like started my Instagram 
like four years ago, basically to stalk my oldest daughter. And then um, I don't think I would have been able to handle some of the messages that I get, like, especially on TikTok. I had, you know, my youngest daughter was like, oh, mom, you're too old to be on TikTok. So I was like, oh, then I'm definitely getting on TikTok. And I was like, I'm going to do a little tap dance. And so I got my tap shoes out and I was like, okay, I was trying to stick my foot in there and my foot's not going in. I haven't worn tap shoes since my motorcycle accident. And she's like, mom, I don't think your foot's going to fit in that shoe anymore. I'm like, oh, it is going to fit. I flipped the camera up. I love your started, attitude. <laughs> I was I like, it's it. going to fit. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And flipped the camera over. We were in the garage and I just did a little tap dance and I put on there first time tap dancing. I've had 34 surgeries and I, I can't believe I can still tap a little bit. You know, I was running that video got over 600,000 views. And some of the comments were like, Oh my gosh, I was in shorts. And so my scars were showing and mm -hmm. some guy was like, Oh, don't ever post anything like this again. I was eating and I almost threw up. Now I could honestly laugh. It's, it was pretty funny, but you know, years ago when I was just getting over the shame of the way that I looked and trying, you know, learning to love myself again, that would have crushed me. So I think it's really important that when you do decide to share a message that you be really grounded and make sure that you are sharing from that scar and not an open wound because it's going to be hard to hear comments like that if you're still in the middle of healing. And I'm still healing. I don't have it all figured out and I'm not perfect. And there's still things that I think I've healed from and something will trigger me. And I'm like, Oh, where'd that come from? You know, I guess I need to do some work on that, but, um, it can be, uh, brutal sometimes on social media with comments. If you mm -hmm. allow those haters to, to bring you down. But I, I was really upset one day with a, a hater. It was like a first hater comment that I got. And I was like, Oh my gosh, honey, look at this. They hate that. They, they hate me. There's, I got a hater. And he was like, congratulations. That is awesome. It's about time. You got some haters. Now, you know, your message is getting out there. Keep that's it. Congratulations. And I was like, Oh, perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. You have somebody who, who now cares enough to go out of their way, which means that you've touched a lot of people that haven't voiced their opinion either way. Right. So Good, good on. Yeah, that's very smart. I love that. So the second you start getting haters, you know, you're doing something right. <laughs> not um, always easy. Not I'm not saying no. it's easy. It was like, I remember, oh my gosh, Scott, I was like on the doctor's TV. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they want to have me on the doctor's TV. I did this interview. It was like a 10 minute interview that they edited down to like, you know, they edit how they want it to seem and look and they edited edited out the part where I talk about all the different things I've gone through to try to get through uh, CRPS. And it just made it sound like I get through pain with my mindset. And I have this formula called the pacer method and I do these steps and I'm miraculously better. And the haters were coming out of the woodwork from my own community from CRPS. They were like, you're a disgrace to the CRPS community. How dare you make make it sound like you can just use your mind to get through pain? And I'm like, these were people that didn't really know me, that didn't know that I had gone through all these procedures and spent, you know, 
thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on medical treatments. But I do believe that it all starts with our mindset. And at that moment, when you have a hater, it, it really will make you, it's a, it's a great opportunity for you to really look at your message and believe in it more and truly know, is my message, does it, do I believe in it 100%? So when I started getting that, people saying that you can't get through pain with your mindset, I was like, oh, no, I believe in my message. It made me believe in my message yeah. even more. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Faraday Brand Clothes. Faraday is the spot you should be going for summer outfits. We've been cooped up for far too long, been cooped up for the past year and a half, two years. We're going out, we're getting dinner, we're traveling, we're dating, we're doing whatever it is we want to do outside of the house. You want to look good, Faraday Brand has got you. Faraday is a family-run business making high-quality, timeless clothing, modern design, extremely functional. You know, whenever you're looking for the perfect summer outfit, you want to put on something that you feel like you've had for years, it fits you perfectly, that's Faraday. Except that's Faraday the second you order it. They produce exceptionally high-quality clothing that fits you the way it should fit you day one and looks high-quality, timeless, and modern. They are so confident in the quality of their clothes Clothes. They're offering something that I've actually never heard of before. Whenever I bought clothes from anyone, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality on all their clothes. They will replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And on top of the style, the quality, the fit, and the selection that they have of clothes, as well as this lifetime guarantee, they're giving all Success Story podcast listeners 20% off their entire collection. So stock up on summer clothes now. I know it's August, but you you still have a couple weeks left if you're somewhere more north, if you're somewhere more south. My goodness, you have no excuse. Go to faheritybrand.com. That is F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com. You're going to use the code success story at checkout and you get 20% off all your summer gear. That code is success story at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com for your 20% off. All right, let's get back to the show. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Posty. Now, it's no lie that in the competitive world of marketing, advertisers, marketers are trying to find a way to better connect and get in front of their audience. I've been trying to figure that out my entire career. You want to accelerate the growth of your company and you want to reach new customers with measurable results. But most of the existing channels are oversaturated. There's so much noise out there. So the best marketers are turning to direct mail, but wait for it, direct mail reinvented. One of the best kept secrets in marketing is that direct mail gets close to 100% open rate and is one of the most impactful ways to market a product or service, but it's expensive and it's cumbersome. Posty is transforming direct mail. They're adding all the digital marketing capabilities, tracking, KPIs, analytics that you would normally see in Google, Facebook, or YouTube paid campaigns. They're adding that to direct mail. Basically, Posty allows you to set up direct mail campaigns like a digital marketer. So it's a one-stop shop for building audiences, setting up campaigns with A-B tests, approving creative, tracking results in real time. It also integrates into your CRM, which allows you to build lookalike models from over 250 million US customers. You also have just as many targeting options as Facebook or as Google. And on top of all of this, it's fully automated. So you are operating all these 
these campaigns from a web browser from your laptop and Posty takes care of all the printing and logistics and the mailing so that you are just pressing go. It's like direct mail with an easy button. Posty campaigns allows you to attract new customers, retarget your website visitors and track conversions, re-engage your existing customers and increase their total lifetime value. For anyone that is looking to start, grow, scale a business, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the Success Story podcast audience. This can really elevate your marketing if you start using direct mail day one and Posty makes it really easy. It will make you stand out as a company. When you get a piece of mail, no one else is doing that. So if you want to get your free Posty, Posty demo. They've set up a special link. So go to posty.com slash success story. That is posty.com slash success story. They'll give you a free demo because Posty is direct mail reinvented for the digital world and the people that use something different, something that makes them stand out to market to their customers will be the people who win. And direct mail definitely has that edge. All right, let's get back to the show. What are some, what are some, tools or, or, or tips that you've picked up on that really help you with resilience, with that mindset? Uh, you've mentioned, you sort of worked around and dabbled and spoken to some, but just really concrete uh, strategies for people. Well, I think that especially with everything going on right now and, and here in California, we've got our mask mandate back and, and times are uncertain and just figuring mm-hmm. out being an entrepreneur is like our work hours are different. Things are always changing. We usually have several different hats that we wear for a few different businesses or more. And so I think that it's so important to work on our resilience. And that's something that we can do every single day. And it's something that we can do in a moment where we feel tired or we feel anxiety or we're starting to feel like we're going to hit a wall. And so for me, I have something called PACER, and it stands for Perspective, Acceptance, Community, Endurance, and Rest. And we talked a little bit, touched on that a little bit throughout the conversation. But perspective, I think, is really the quickest and easiest way to change the way you feel about your situation. And I think that that can be in any way, whether it's your financial situation whether it's you're getting caught up on comparing yourself to someone else on social media or, or how much success they have versus that what you have, or, or if you're anxious about something, a big event that you have coming out up, I think it's important to get grateful. And when you're in gratitude, it's alchemy. It changes what you don't have into what you do have and what you can't do into what you can do. And just last night, I will share with you, we went out on a date for our anniversary and it's the first time I've tried to put heels on. Now my ankle's fused and, and my foot's deformed, but I managed to put this little heel on. It's only about that big, but I was like, I want to feel like a sexy for our anniversary. And we get home and I, I, I fell getting out of the car, by the way, just to say, but I, I wore the heels. <laughs> And I tried my best to walk the right way. Okay, listen, there's people that haven't had accidents that fall getting out of the car wearing heels. So you're good. You're and good. my husband just like, he just shook his head. He was like, oh gosh, why didn't you just wear your boots? You know, but I'm like, I'm doing it. And it's these little small accomplishments yeah. that we do, even if we don't do them well, that they start to build our confidence and make us feel good. But when we got home, I sat in the middle of the bathroom floor and I was taking the strap that looked like more of a tourniquet around my swollen cankle. And I'm like, oh, my God, 
And I just was looking at my leg kind of in disgust. And he goes, when I look at your leg, I say, oh my God, what a miracle. It's a miracle you have your leg. And that shifted my perspective. Like, yeah, it is a miracle. I went from disgust to gratitude real quick. And sometimes I think that if we have a hard time shifting our perspective, it's important to surround ourselves with people that can help us do that. And in order to have resilience or any kind of transformation leads me to the next part of PACER, which is acceptance. And that's sometimes easier said than done for me. It was really hard. I was in denial about being diagnosed with a nerve disease. Um, I had to accept that I could no longer run the way that I used to. I can run to chase after my daughter. And I did just beat her in a contest running from a stop sign to the car. She's always competing with me. And my husband's like, you let a little old lady beat you to the car. And I'm like, that's right. And so I still can run. It's not always pretty, but I can do it. But acceptance, I felt like it felt like defeat. And I had to shift my perspective on that. Acceptance is really your, it's freedom. It gives you the choice to take action steps to make your life the best that it can be. And when we are in acceptance and we're authentic with our feelings and what we're going through, oh my goodness, that's when we can start to have the life that we've always imagined. And that's what really changed things for me. And it led me to a community of people um, on Instagram in my sobriety community, um, you know, in my life. And I think communities, you know, is the next part of PACER. And I think it might be the most important part of PACER because when we have community, it's powerful. Um, and sorry if you can hear the gardener, he just got here. No, I can't. <laughs> okay. No, you're good. You're That's good. the life of being in COVID, right? Like, oh, we're right. You know, I'm in yeah. my home office. Um, but community is so powerful. I felt so alone when I was going through some of the darkest moments of my life. And I can guarantee you that if you're feeling alone right now and you're listening to this and you're feeling like, well, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody's going to get me. I don't know where to turn. I guarantee you there is somebody more than one person that's going through exactly what you're going through. And so reach out, reach out to someone. And you know what? That doesn't even have to be somebody that you know. I connected to a community of CRPS warriors when I started looking at the hashtag CRPS warrior. I wanted to be connected with people that were had passion and drive. And so I think it's really important to take a look at the people that you surround yourself with. And that doesn't just go for the people that are in your family, in your life. I know we can't get rid of family members, but we can limit the time that we spend with them if they're bringing us down or they're not, they don't believe in our vision or our dreams. And, um, and that's okay. People won't always believe in your vision or your dreams. It's important that you do and that, that you find people to connect with that are passionate. Um, and that goes for social media too. If somebody that you're following brings you down, don't follow them. Follow people who are paving the way, who um, inspire you. And because it takes a lot of endurance. And that's the next part of Pacer. Endurance, um, I think, is when our grit and our passion come into play. It's where, you know, we're not always going to be motivated. 
But if we look at why we're doing something, we focus on our why, then like I said before, it gets us through almost anyhow. But I think that we have to, in order to have endurance, I think it's important to set up really healthy habits um, and not rely on motivation or willpower. Because let me tell you, that willpower is out the door if we are overtired, if we haven't eaten, if we haven't taken care of our health. So set up those healthy habits. And that's why I think I've been able to get through COVID in a pretty graceful way because I have mm-hmm. set up healthy habits. Not to say it's been easy, but because I have this strong foundation of habits of non-negotiables in my life that I do, I, I know that I have that foundation to tap into my inner source of resilience. And which leads me to the last part that I'm horrible at. I, well, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm getting better at it. It's rest. And I, I, when I was explaining um, what I do every day to be more resilient to my husband, I said, honey, I've got a quick word that's going to help me get through every day if I just remind myself of these things. And I'm explaining it to him. And he's like, I get to the word R, rest. And he's like, you are so full of shit. <laughs> Can I cuss on here? And I don't usually cuss, but he does. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you don't rest. He goes, yeah, you do all that other stuff, but you don't rest. And it was really a wake up call. And I had to learn the hard way of being hospitalized after going septic from not looking at what was going on in my body and pushing and pushing. And I was good at the grit, but I think it's so important to be resilient. We have to strategically stop sometimes and plan times to rest and recover and however that may look like that might be taking a break after zooms and going out in nature taking your shoes off walking through the grass and getting grounded taking time to play you know scheduling out times where you do have some time off to be create like if we don't rest it's hard to spark creativity when i'm rested and i can get out there and do some of the things that i love and i mean i love my work But how I can keep moving forward with my work is if I do things to take care of myself. If I do set an alarm on my phone for, okay, it's time to shut off the devices and go to bed. The emails will wait till tomorrow. The text messages will wait till tomorrow. The social media is done for the day. And I think as an entrepreneur with our hours being all over the place, that it's really important to schedule out those times to rest. Very, very good advice. Very good advice. And that's one thing that I want to reiterate. You've used all these tools and strategies to come from such a a dark place and now you're thriving. Um, but many people, if they just applied an ounce of the grit that you had to go through to the business they're starting or the side hustle or the project or the, the new job because they were laid off, I think these th- this same framework can be applicable to a variety of circumstances. And that's really what I wanted to to double down on and reinforce. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, because look, I remember, you know, when I wanted to start a podcast, I had people go, oh, it's really hard to do a podcast. And so I just want to say, first of all, what an honor it is to be here on your podcast. You're, you're doing an amazing job. I love your podcast. Um, it's Thank so you. successful. I really and appreciate I, it. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. And I know what goes, you know, behind planning it and doing, setting aside for, aside time for it. And 
And if I didn't love, if I did not love what I did and I didn't have a strong why for the reason why I do my podcast, which is to share stories of resilience and struggles to success that I think, I don't think I could do it. So I think that it's really important to set up those habits in anything you do, whether it's your podcast, it's a new business, it's going after clients. It's so important. You have to be consistent. You know, I, a lot of times I go and speak at other people's masterminds on how to build your social media, because on Instagram, I started from like zero. I mean, we all start from zero, but I literally had nothing. And I had, you know, my book publisher was like, well, we don't do any marketing or branding. So if you want to get your book out there, you're going to have to do it yourself. And I'm like, holy cow, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to have to figure it out. So I set aside time every morning to make sure that I could do a post and I didn't post and ghost. I would post and I would connect with people who commented on it. And I leave those posts that were horrible, by the way, because I was learning. I didn't know what I was doing. I leave those up on my Instagram because I want people to see that we all start from, from very little or nothing. And we just nothing. We start it, from nothing. Yeah. And, and the more consistent you are, it pays off. And it was the same for my podcast. You know, I was like, I'm going to be consistent every single week. I'm not going to let a week go by that. I don't release a podcast to show people that I'm showing up for them. I'm consistent. And to build that integrity and that trust, because me, that to me, that's everything. Trust, integrity, your word. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this because I think that people from Canada are very similar from people in Texas that I grew up where your word was everything. Like you did things on handshake. And so that's very important to me. My brand is important for people to know that I'm going to show up for them. I'm going to be honest with them. I'm going to keep it real. and. It takes, you know, consistency. And I promise you that if you stay consistent, that it does, your hard work puts you where your blessings can find you. And I just found out I didn't pay attention to, to numbers or any of that. I didn't even know how to launch a book properly. And I got to the bestseller list. My book on Amazon was right beside Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Brene Brown, who are my two favorites. Wow. I didn't pay attention to downloads or numbers or anything. I just kept putting, focusing on my message, focusing on my purpose. My podcast got to be, my girlfriend sent me a link and a screenshot. My podcast, True Written Grace, was top 1% on Apple. I'm like, holy cow. I know I'm Amazing. not the best podcast, but I'm consistent. And it, that is great. That is, that is is not necessarily, success is not necessarily the talent or the title or the most money. It is grit. And I promise you, if you just keep showing up and you stay consistent and it, it's going to be hard and it's going to suck at first, especially, you know, I'm like, have, I had no technical skills whatsoever. And I just learned, I, I learned from my mistakes. I, I, switched my failures into I transformed failures into okay well what's this teaching me um if I was you know rejected I I thought well I'm being redirected and so just keep showing up and I I tell you it it pays off amazing um I wanted to I have 
two more questions just from your story, and then I want to do some rapid fire. Um, I also want to be respectful of your time as well. And, and to be honest, most people listen for about an hour, so we'll try and okay. try and start to wrap it up. <laughs> well, but this good. has been they absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's been absolutely amazing. No, it's been just uh, it's been nonstop, just just in inspiring messages. And I really appreciate I really appreciate uh, what you speak about. And I, I want to just I want to ask one more question about your book, actually. Um, title is two words, grit and grace. Grit makes sense. I keep speaking about grit. Why, Why grace? What, what does, does that mean, mean to you? you? Why, Why is that, that important? important? Oh, grace is a huge part of my journey because number one, it was by the grace of God that I'm sober. Um, it was learning to give myself grace, being so hard on myself and hating the way I looked and hating that my leg was deformed and scarred and didn't work properly and gave me so much pain. All of that shifted when I gave myself some grace and I started to look at my leg as, wow, it's a miracle. This is the leg that had a 1% chance and doctors saved it. And um, I can walk when I was told I'd be in a wheelchair forever. So I think it's important to give ourselves grace and the grace that my husband has given me through this wild journey of ups and downs and, you know, me spiraling into a depression and, and get climbing my way out of that. And so grace is through the journey is really important. I think we can all have that inner critic that kind of beat us up. And it's so important to just in, in some moments go, you know what? let it go. For me, I'm like, let go, let God. And, um, but yes, it's grit and grace. Amazing. And, and my, my last question, um, is how are you doing today? Are you still in pain? How, how is, how is Amberly? How is life? How is pain? How is... I, thank goodness. We're, we're from the, <laughs> from the waist up video. Cause no, I'm still in pain. I still have my leg, my shoe. My shoe is off today. Yeah. Um, it's a little swollen and hurting, but you know, I have managed ways of getting through those moments. Um, and that starts with a morning ritual of getting grounded with the gratitude list. Um, I text my sponsor every morning and we share what we're grateful for with each other. I do some reading every morning and I write out my intentions and then I make a phone call to somebody. And it doesn't have to be a long phone call. This morning's phone call was about an hour. It was a lot. But um, when you can do those things, it really shifts your perspective. And it shows you, you know, what a miracle it is. I could easily go and be depressed because I'm in pain or that my ankle's swollen and it hurts today. But instead, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you were at the top of my gratitude list today that I had this opportunity to talk with you and be on your show. And so I think it's important to start every day and end every day with some gratitude amazing and and that's that's it it it's i guess just incredible that as you just progress in your life like people have to realize like it's not over it's not over for you so when you go check out amberly and you see the book and the podcast and the social and you listen to this like this is all still live in real time dealing with the effects of of what happened and that's, that's incredible. It's not like, you know, one day you wake up perfect and then all of a sudden, oh, now I can start a podcast. Now I can write a book. This has all been throughout. Yeah, so I mean, I think it, I'm glad you said that. I mean, it start 
just start. And, you know, everything I've done, I, I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel ready at all when I did my TED Talk. I was scared to death. Yeah. yeah. I had imposter syndrome. And then I thought, well, this isn't about me. This is about the people that I serve. And so just start it. Well, I don't know if you ever feel ready. I think it's important to just start and you learn along the way. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Um, I'm going to get, uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, your socials, your website, where they can get your book, where they can check out your podcast. And I'm going to do some rapid fire questions okay, for you. Awesome. So Thank where you do people so go? Thank you so much, Scott. Well, you know, we've talked about the PACER method and I have a free downloadable um, playbook where they can get more information on that. If you just text the word GRIT, so text G-R-I-T to 818-214-7378. Again, that's 818-214-7378. And that's me texting back. You can get your playbook through that but that's me texting back so it might take me a minute but it because i really like to connect so you can just reach out tell me you heard the show scott's show and and um, i'd love to connect you can find other downloadable resource resources at amberlylago.com and some of our crazy shenanigans behind the scenes <laughs> crazy life with me and my family on instagram at amberlylago motivation and you know, reach out, screenshot this and tag me and Scott so we can see it in our stories and I can say thank you. Amazing. All right. Perfect. Okay. So this is, I, I have these questions that I ask everybody. Now, the first question, I feel like it's, I'm going to ask you anyways, it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a silly question. The first question is biggest challenge that you've experienced in your career. So, so I, I know that I, uh, I feel like we already have the answer, but Go ahead. Um, well, you know what? I'll just keep it current since we've we've talked yeah, about other it. stuff. I think the biggest challenge I've experienced in my career as an entrepreneur, when you grow, you want to delegate things out. And it's the trust is the most important thing for me. And I think what I've learned the hard way is um, I've been really trusting and had some people on my team and it didn't work out. And mm -hmm. If somebody drops the ball, sometimes the whole production doesn't work out the way that it should, or it just adds more stress. So I think that's tough as an entrepreneur. It's like to be able to have a good team, you really have to trust the people on your team. And so that's the most important thing for me. That's been a challenge. That's been kind of a disappointment. That, but how do you, how do you fix that? How do you find the right people? What's the, what's the fix for that? Um, I think the fix for that for me has been to slow down, to ask more questions, to, to look at how I can have better communication and to always check um, references, check the references. And sometimes even that it doesn't go as well, but I think it's really important to look at your part in it. So for me, the first thing I do is I look at my part in it. How could I have been a better leader? Where did I go wrong? Where did I miscommunicate? What did I do? What can I do next to make sure this doesn't happen again? If you had to choose one person or multiple people in your life, personal or professional, that had a major impact, what did they teach you and who is that person? I would say um, my dance instructor growing up. You know, I started dancing with her when I was three years old and she was always really hard on me. And I mean, harder than the other kids. And I, I, 
found out it's because she had a lot of, um, she had faith in me that I was going to do something someday. And so she really pushed me, but she taught me more than just dance. Um, I learned how to run a business through her. I learned lessons in life, how to show up. And one of the most important lessons that she taught me was it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I remember she told me I was a dance instructor and she said, I don't care what's going on in your life. She goes, when it's time to teach that class, you put the needle on the record, you turn around and you teach your class with a smile on your face. And I was like, oh, and putting the needle on the record, that just shows how old I am because nobody even uses <laughs> records anymore. But that's what I was taught. It wasn't like go teach a class and be mopey and have a pity party and say how rough life is. It's like, when you're a leader, your team doesn't want to hear about all that stuff. They want, mm -hmm. they, yeah, we have to, oh, oh, they want a leader through those things, but how can you switch it to positivity? How can you think more positive? How can you inspire positivity for your team? I love that. That's, that's good advice. Very good advice. Um, uh, source uh, could be a book, a podcast, an audible, something that you'd recommend people go check out. Um, definitely check out this podcast. Y'all check it out. <laughs> That's a cop. My podcast, a cop out. Your podcast, a cop out. Has to be another. <laughs> um, I love the book. I love the book. Um, the Four Agreements has been a, a, a book that I love. Of course, I have a book on my desk right now. I've got a stack of books that you could see my room right now that go all the way from the floor all the way up to the ceiling just about then I have this book on my desk right now um because I'm revisiting my steps through sobriety and it's called the women's way through 12 steps I think 12 steps are a great way to live a good life it doesn't matter if you have addiction problems I think it's just a really good program if you're on a spiritual journey especially um, so yeah, that that's what helps me. But I love to read. I think at the top of my list of favorite things to do would be to have some quiet time to read. Yeah, just reset. Amazing. Um, if you could tell your twenty year old self one thing, what would that be? Uh, trust your gut. I think that you know, being sexually abused as a child um, and having someone that you trusted tell you that no this is the right thing this is you're crazy this is what mm -hmm. dads do it it really makes you question your gut and what's right or wrong and i tell you what my gut has never been wrong and i think that our gut you know our hearts might say something our heads say a lot but our guts never lie so listen to your gut follow your heart stay on your path um celebrate your small victories along the way amazing and then last question what does success mean to you oh success means being the ability to do the things that you love and be with the people that you love um and that's really i'm pretty simple i think that being able to do the things you love and be with the people you love is success to me
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
Com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 